up. So we're going to have some fun with that series entitled Messy. Amen? Let's get it. Uh, John chapter 2 verse 1 says, On the third day there was a wedding in Canaan, Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, hold on a minute. So today we're going to talk about wine, okay? So don't y'all get all crazy on me. And the mother of Jesus said, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does, this, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, tell your neighbor Nike didn't say it first, Jesus did. Amen. Do it. Now there were six stone water pots set there for Jewish custom of purification, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. And when the waiter tasted the water, which had become wine and did not know where it came from. That's usually the case. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. The head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely and, and drunk, they then he serves the poorer wine. But you have kept the good wine. The good wine. The strong stuff. Until now. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, the best is yet to come. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Turn to the neighbor behind you. Turn behind and say, neighbor, the best is yet to come. Amen. You got to believe it. The best is yet to come. The best, the best, the best, the best is yet to come. It's amazing in life how we can live our lives expecting the worst all the time. Um, sometimes you get a phone call and it may be bad news, but rather than thinking the best, we think the worst. It's amazing because ever since the fall of man, we've been thinking the worst. It's crazy because when life gets hard, even before, it's amazing. It's amazing how we can program ourselves and we've been programmed to expect the, best, the, the worst before we expect the best. Some, so many people expect the worst before they expect the best. It seems like they keep believing the worst before the best. Amen. Have you ever tried believing for the best? And then all of a sudden your mind is flooded with worries and doubts, ifs, maybes, ands, and never would happen to me. I wish I had somebody. It's crazy because sometimes I want to think the best, but it's, it's, it's so amazing how I keep gravitating back. Come on, somebody, to the worst case scenario. 
I know life may have been tough on some of us, but, but I want to tell you something. I believe that our expectation dictates everything. I believe, saints, I believe, amen, that God has, has, has shown us, amen, in time to come and, and in time past, he has shown us clearly that if you, if you hold on to his unchanging hands, that if you, if you keep believing him, that things will work out by and by. Do I have somebody? Tell your neighbor the best is yet to come. I, I believe that this is just the start, but I believe that the best is yet to come. Jesus is here at a wedding. Now, now a wedding is supposed to be a festive time. And what we find in the ancient times, whenever there was a wedding, the wedding wasn't one day, the wedding was one, one week. Amen. They partied every day. I wish I would go to that kind of party. Amen. Some of y'all want to go to that kind of party. Amen. It wasn't the reception. I mean, I'm talking about they, the wedding went for one week. Amen. And, and you know, uh, today when we look at this wedding, we'll find out there was a few issues here in this wedding. You know, before you got married, before that person in, the, in those times got married, they had to make sure that they had everything they need to accommodate their guests hospitality was a big thing back then not only that but if you if you if you were having a wedding amen you were supposed to make sure that you supplied everything amen that your guests needed come on I'm trying to help somebody amen so that they would enjoy themselves at your wedding but what we find here in this, in this passage is that this was a wedding on a budget. Amen. They had a budget and they had a head count. Then everybody went online and registered. Amen. Because some just showed up. Because they, we know they have a problem. They ran out of wine. <laughs> Amen. I'll share with you symbolically what that means. And so we find here that Jesus, amen. You know, you know, let me say this. If, if you had a wedding back then and you ran out of wine, it was an embarrassment. Amen. The bridegroom and his family, amen, uh, were looked upon as cheap. Amen. You knew you weren't supposed to marry him anyway if he can't. Come on, somebody. If, if, if he can't even play for the wedding cake, or if you got to go in your bank account, come on, somebody. Here. There's some strange stuff happening today, you know. But, but back then, he would be looked upon, amen, as suspect. Like, can you take care of this woman? Amen. Come on, somebody. You can't even pay for the reception, and, and you want to take my daughter where? Amen. And then we run out of food. Come on, y'all. And wine? Come on, y'all. Something wrong. And it wasn't, it wasn't come to the reception and it was open bar where you pay. Come on, some y'all ain't trying to hear me. It was open bar on me. And so Jesus now and his disciples are invited to this wedding. Amen. T tell your neighbor it was a wedding on a budget. Amen. 
Now, wine was a very important piece to the wedding festival. And I'll tell you a little bit here in a minute what wine represents. I'll give you one clue. Wine symbolically represents joy. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, what do you do when your joy runs out? Come on, help me somebody. And and so what I was saying earlier about a wedding on a budget is how we live our lives. Hey, hello, somebody. And, And watch this now. And I'm talking about your spiritual budget. I'm talking about your joy cup. Amen. Running out. And what do you do when in your life your joy runs out? Come on, somebody. And that's the issue. The issue here is that we find that at this place, in this event, amen, joy is gone. What was supposed to be the happiest day of their lives? Oh, come on, help me somebody. Do you remember being happy? Come on, somebody. And then all of a sudden, amen, it took, it it, it didn't take a whole week. It took Sunday and then Monday rolled around and all your joy was gone. All your peace was gone. Everything you heard in church just left you. It ran out. But tell your neighbor, the best is yet to come. Wine not only represents joy, but wine represents celebration. Wine represents festivity. Wine represents an abundant blessings of God. And so we find that, amen, that this couple prepared, they didn't even prepare for the wedding. I don't even think they prepared for the marriage. Amen. Because if you run out of wine, tell me what kind of marriage you're going to have. Because if you don't have joy in your marriage, if you don't have joy in your relationships, you're going to find out, amen, it's going to be real hard to stay committed to someone when you have See, it wasn't them, it was you. You ran out of joy. (laughs) Hello, somebody. You are supposed to be the one that brings joy to the table, but you ran out. But listen, what a day to run out of joy on the wedding day. Y'all follow me? Amen. So so we find here that Jesus is at this wedding. Let's look at it. And uh, the Bible says that him and his disciples, on the third day, uh, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and his mother, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, Mary is very influential, but, but, but let me show you how Jesus deals with them. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Now, now here's the thing. I, I want to just put a plug right here. Um, make sure you invite Jesus into every social event you have. Make sure that you invite Jesus. Amen. On match.com. Okay. Make sure. Did I say that? Make sure (laughs) wherever you go, you invite Jesus in there. Because here's the thing. There's no joy without Jesus. 
Now, they did not know that they were going to run out of wine. Amen. Matter of fact, I think they were praying. I hope they don't show up. That big, that's a big old family there, boy. <laughs> Amen. Boy, they didn't RSVVP. But guess what? I didn't send them the link, but they showed up anyways. Amen. You'll find out that Jesus specializes in what you're trying to penny pinch with. Jesus specializes in meeting all needs. And so we find that here he is. He took time because in chapter 1, amen, he's called his disciples and he told them to follow him. And he, uh, we find the first converts in chapter 1. And then we go into the moving from ministry, amen, to a little bit of relaxation. And so he goes to this social event. It tells you that Jesus, this gives us a clue into Jesus, in Jesus' character, that he wasn't too big enough to not show up at social events. You know, some guys don't want to show, they don't have time to show up. I ain't calling no names. Amen. To show up at birthday parties and christenings and come on somebody and graduations and things like that. But watch the text with me. The text says, and, and, and the text says in verse 3, it says, and when, look at verse 3. It says, and when the wine now ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Now, my question is, where should she have went? She should have went to the waiter, the head waiter at that, and say, yo, we ain't got no more wine. Right? Jesus is going to check her in a minute, but watch this. Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch this now. Don't think Jesus was scared of his mama now. Amen. Jesus would check his mama in a minute, then apologize right after. And then do something extraordinary where she forgot he checked her. <laughs> Now, don't y'all try that stuff at home now. Watch this. <laughs> you ain't Jesus. <laughs> you get slapped across the room. <laughs> y'all kids trying to be slick. But anyway, um, <laughs> the text says, and look how Jesus answered. Jesus said, Jesus said, a woman, woman. Now, now that was a form of respect, okay? So I just want to let you know, he wasn't being disrespectful. He said, Somebody felt the slap on their face. They're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I felt that. Oh, Lord, I didn't even do it yet. I thought it, though. Let me say, woman, what does this have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. So if we're going to believe that the best is yet to come, there are some things we need to do. Number one, amen. First thing, first thing we have to do is expect the best. Listen. When you run out of what you need, the question I have is, who do you run to? See, watch this, watch this. When your joy is gone, when your peace is gone, amen, even though she got to hold up, wait a minute, from Jesus, she knew who to run to. Come on, tell somebody, I'm expecting the best. Now, the reason I'm expecting the best is because of my relationship with Jesus. And can I tell you something? He will always give you his best. And what looks like nothing to others will be his best. 
Do I have somebody? What looks like common to others, amen, to God when he put his hands on it, when he breathes on it, it will be, hey, the best. But I believe this. I believe that many of us, amen, many of us, we do not expect the best. That's why we don't ever see the best. Amen. Listen, invite Jesus into every area of your life. Listen, and even in the most important days of your life. Come on, somebody. So many of us expect the best without Jesus. I don't even know who you're expecting the best from. But how can you expect anything good if you don't have Jesus? How can you expect Jesus or expect anything other than what you're going through right now if you're not expected it from Jesus? So if the best is yet to come, I'm going to expect, come on, tell somebody, we're expecting the best. Amen. Listen, they needed Jesus before they went on the honeymoon. See, a lot of us want a honeymoon without Jesus. A lot of us want to get married without Jesus. One of us, a lot of us want to start careers without Jesus. But here's the thing. I find it interesting that rather than running to man, she ran to God. I find it interesting, amen, that she let him in into everyday situations in her, in her life. Watch this. We got to let him in. We run out of wine. You run out of food. Call him. Run out of gas. Call him. Amen. Run out of peace? Call him. Whatever. Run out of money? Call him. But but here's the thing. She went to him. Now, the response she got wasn't a no. It was a hold up. Yeah. Amen. I'm not trying to flex right now. That's what Jesus was saying. I'm not, because remember, he had just started his public ministry. And he didn't want to flex because here's why he didn't want to flex because he knew that if he did miracles, everybody would follow. See, God wants to know from you, will you follow me if you don't see a miracle? Will you follow me if you know, just because you know who I am, I'm Jesus. I hung, bled, and died on Calvary's cross for your sins. But but here's the thing. Here's what happens. The reason why we can't see the best is because we don't expect the best. So watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You ready for this? Look at verse 5. Verse 5 says, where's verse 5? I've lost my pain. Verse 5. Verse 5 says, his mother said, <laughs> now listen, you know this is a mama, right? <laughs> you know this is a mama, right? <laughs> You, you know this is a mama, right? Amen. This reminds me of my wife. Amen. I'd be saying something, she just totally ignore me. And go on and do what I what I told her not to do. Amen. Just do it anyhow. Y'all ain't trying to hit me. This is just like a mama. <laughs> look, mama, my hour ain't come yet, mama. What's up? But look what his mama did. Mama said, hey, waiter, come here. He just playing. Don't worry about him. <laughs> Don't worry about him. He playing. He playing. He playing. Look what she said in verse 5. His mother said to the servants, whatever he said. Now listen, this is key. 
Listen, can I ask you a question? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to enjoy the best? To experience the best? Whatever. I'm going to say it one more time. Whatever he says. Not what Pookie and Ray Ray them say. But whatever he said, important piece. Are you willing to obey so that you can get the best? You're expecting the best, but here's the next thing you got to do. Give me the next point. You have to envision the best. I think everything starts with your imagination. Everything starts up in this mind of yours. And some of us, we can't envision nothing. We, <laughs> we ain't got no vision. We got blank. We're just blank. Just nothing. Whatever he says, what? She, watch this. She ignored Jesus. <laughs> and she went on anyhow. Even though it wasn't a no, it was a maybe. But she knew her son. And she knew the tone of voice that he spoke in. That's why she knew it was a maybe. Watch where I'm going with this. If you're going to expect the best, you got to get in tune, Lord Jesus, with Jesus' voice. And you got to know when it's a no, when it's a maybe, when it's a yes, or when it's hold on, I'm coming. Are you with me? So that's the reason why Mary, Mary wasn't being defiant. She understood her Lord. I wish I had somebody. And when you've lived with God long enough, and when you've had experiences with God long enough, you'll know if it's a maybe. You'll know if it's a hold up. You'll know when it's coming. Because here's what you know. He will never deny you joy. Come on, somebody. We just asking for a little wine. Watch the text. Watch the text. Watch what the text said. The text said, whatever he said, what? Tell you never do it. Now watch this. So we envision the best. Watch this. Sometimes there's something about her response. Mary knew who to run to for help. And we all should follow in her footsteps. Watch this. When the problems or when problems arise in your life, amen, you got to take it to the Lord. When situations come up in your life, stop calling everybody and take it to the Lord. When confronted with prop with a problem, Mary didn't run to nobody else. She ran to Jesus. She says, yo, we need some wine. We at this wedding. I don't know if it was kinfolk or whatever, but obviously Mary was concerned enough, Lord Jesus, to go to Jesus, to say, Jesus, we out of wine. We ain't got no joy. I got problems. I got circumstances. I got situations. I don't know how to handle it. It's difficult right now. I know what you're saying, pastor, but here's a practical application for you run to Jesus Jesus I don't know what to do but my eyes is fixed on you and I'm going to ask anyhow I'm going to plead I'm going to cry out to you because I know you can fix it how many know you can fix it 
He can fix it, y'all. He can fix the smallest problems. He can fix the biggest problems. But the problem that we have here in context is the joy that some of us don't have this morning. And he wants you to run to him to get that joy. Watch this. Watch what he says. So we expect the best. We do what? We envision the best. But look at verse 6. Verse 6 says, amen. It says, now there were six stone water pots. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? You see that? Set there for, Jew- for Jewish custom of purification. Containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Very descriptive. Jesus said to them. Now, first of all. The pots are empty. The pots culturally was used when the streets of of Jerusalem and where they were in Canaan were dusty roads and things like that. And one of the things about a Jew is before they ate, they would wash their hands, wash their face, purify themselves before, especially because a wedding was also a sacred thing. So watch this. So I find it interesting. That Jesus would use the pots that was used for purification to fill them with joy. Here's the thing. After he cleans you up, after he washes you up, he wants to fill you with a little bit of joy. And that's the illustration that you have to understand that you don't have to work for salvation. You don't have to work for justification. You don't have to work for sanctification. You've already been made clean. Now, you just need to be filled with joy. So he takes the empty pot. But here's what you got to do. You got to come to him empty. You have to come to him. What? You can't come to Jesus trying to tell him how to do it. Put my pot over here and... I'm this pot so you can deal with me like no (laughs) listen you know how we come to Jesus we be like yeah Jesus I need to fit no no Lord here I'm empty take me right now so not only must we expect the best envision the best but watch this you ready empty yourself Many of us are not experiencing the best because we won't empty ourselves of self, of me. I want to get in the way and tell Jesus, Jesus, feel me like this. Feel me like this, Lord. Put me to the left side. I want to be on the left side. No, he said, I want you in the middle. You can't dictate nothing. If you come to God acting like everything is okay, you'll never experience the best. Do you have people come to church on Sunday acting like everything is okay? Listen, if you come half full, medium full, it's your best. Is it your best? No. He wants to fill you all the way up, but you got to, watch this, empty yourself so he can put something in there. Lord have mercy. You got to empty yourself of your ideologies. You got to empty yourself of your experiences. You got to empty yourself of your hurts, your pains, your hangups, the last church that hurt you. Oh, Lord. 
so that you can be filled and have that experience. Listen, I believe, listen, 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 listen. He took the water pots that he used for purification. Purification. This is symbolic. And he filled them up with joy. And that's what he wants to do with you. See, you've already, listen, that part of your life, listen, why aren't you having joy in your Christian life? Why is every day a struggle for you? Let me ask that question. You've been purified, you've been justified, you've been sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. What's the problem? You. Empty you. So that he can feel, Lord, empty me, Lord. Just empty me this morning of self. What I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to get all technical with him and in my mind, I'm so smart. He said, that don't work with me. Let me fill you up. Matter of fact, these pots now, watch this now. These were clay pots. And they were sitting off to the side. Lord have mercy. Watch this. Jesus is sitting at the wedding. And he looks over. And he sees those empty pots. Now watch this. You ready for this? Why didn't he ask them for the vessels that the wine that they served earlier? You want to know why? Those vessels have been contaminated. These vessels were used for what? So now... That's symbolic of you and I. We have the Holy Ghost in us. And why, why don't you have joy? Why aren't you experiencing his best? Because you're not expecting his best. Until you empty yourself. Lord, empty me, Lord. If you want his best... Amen. You got to empty yourself. Verse 8. Tell your neighbor, taste test. Verse 8 and 9 is the taste test. See, you got to validate whether that joy is from Jesus or is from the world. You know why? There's a distinction because Jesus said, not, I'm going to give you joy, not as the world giveth. So you have to taste test your joy. Tell your neighbor, taste test your joy. You have to, because the joy that the world gives will run. Will what? Watch the text. Watch the text. Watch the text. Verse 89. Was that 89? And he said to them, draw some out, draw some out now and take it to the who? Uh-huh. I'm about to say something. But I ain't going to say it. So they took it to him. The head waiter tasted the water. You see it? You see it? You see what I'm talking about? Because there's always a head person in charge, you know, somewhere. Amen. <laughs> Look what he said. He said, and when the head waiter tasted the water which had become wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who what? He said, Houston, we got a problem. 
So now there is something here I want to show you. Okay. This is how we live our lives. We get drunk off worldly joy. But worldly joy can take us so far and then we have to settle for the weaker joy. They would serve the good wine first to get you drunk fast. Then they would bring the weaker wine just to make you think you're getting drunk. Lord have mercy. You caught it yet? You caught it yet? Your joy. (laughs) Amen. And, And even in that, that's deception. When Jesus gives you joy, it's not good joy now and then bad joy later or weakened joy later. It's real joy. The joy that will never run out. And so even in this, you see deception. Watch this. I got to give you this. Watch this. Watch this. The next thing you have to do after you empty yourself is you have to evaluate to make sure it's the what? It's the best. Evaluate. Listen, don't settle. Find out. Put it to the test. Amen. Is it God's best for you? Or is it, watch this, you've got to take the taste test. It's time to stop settling. And say, God, I want your best. But you've got to taste test it. Don't let anybody and everybody tell you this is God's best for you. Saying God's best for me, maybe for you, but it ain't for me. Because, ooh, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Come on, somebody. Now, I know what that tastes like. Amen. But you're trying to sell me, amen, some bad stuff. That's what the enemy will try to do. So you have to evaluate that you're not restructuring your life on something weak. A joy that will leave you next week. Something temporary. Amen. So that, watch this. So watch this. He said, he said now go there. And ha- Jesus sent him for the evaluation. Look what the head waiter did. Head waiter said, yeah, man, get the bridegroom over here, man. Let, man, we got a problem here, man. You ready for this? Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. Watch what he said. I'm almost done. Verse 10. And he said to him, every man serves the what? See, see, the, see the deception? And when the people have what? Then he's, he's a professional waiter. Amen. That's what happened. What's happening in Dominican Republic when everybody was getting sick and dying? I'm not sick, dying because they were contaminating the drinks. Oh, wish I had somebody. And you got to watch out for contamination. See, and oftentimes that's what we're doing with our lives. We think we're getting a good deal, all inclusive, but all inclusive will cost you your life. Amen. If he don't taste test it, you need to back up off it. Amen. Look what he says. He said, every man serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine. And you, and you have kept the good wine until now. Expect the best. What else? Envision the best. Empty yourself. 
And lastly, exalt him for the best is yet to come. Exalt him. He's like, hold on, man. You brought the best now? Watch this. When you settle for fakes, you'll never aspire or even expect the best. If you keep thinking you can't, you won't ever try. For instance, how do you spot a fake Louis Vuitton purse? Here's how you, here's how you spot a fake Louis. You ready? The, on the authentic Louis, the zipper is on the left side. While the counterfeit zipper is on the right side. In general, a fake Louis bag will have very poor quality hardware. In fact, some are colored plastic. That's all they are. Observing how clean and, and precise the imprinting is on the hardware will also be a giveaway for many fakes. You can live your life believing that you have the real thing when in reality you're living with a fake. Watch this. Others can spot it if they look close enough, but you won't let them get close enough to you to see that you're a fake. I wish I had somebody. Because they will find out that you are a fake because you don't believe that you're worth more. You don't believe that it's in your budget. But the truth be told, if you expect the best, God will give you the best. God will give you the best because God wants you to experience his best. Give God a hand clap of praise.